Hi, you're listening to the TL Podcast. My name is Thomas Lehuang, and I am interviewing someone who seems ordinary, but who is achieving extraordinary things. That is the quest of this interview. Good afternoon, Matthew. Hey, Thomas. How are you? Excellent. I'm here with Matthew from Stratfield. Richard Matthews in Stratfield. Stratfield. Is it Stratfield or is it outside Stratfield, by the way? We're actually Stratfield, but we're right on the border. Everyone asks that, but we're definitely Stratfield. We're not pretending. <laughs> I, I, I know, because qu- quite often I, I, I look at it and, and the address is, say, Stratfield, right, Matthew? We are. But we're on the you're border. More, you're more south. Yeah, we're close to South Stratfield and Enfield, but it's definitely a Stratfield address. Is, is that a position that was used or chosen strategically so that you could actually be on that kind of border of multiple Yeah, suburbs? I mean, when we, uh, it's been almost 10 years ago when Richard and I opened uh, the office and it was absolutely strategic. I mean, we wanted a Stratfield address. Yes. But we're very strong in surrounding suburbs rather than just in the one. So very strategic. Location for us was a huge factor to be able to stretch into those surrounding areas. Okay. So I'm here now with Matthew Everingham. I just want to say this very clearly. It's fantastic to have someone like you who is actually ranked number one in your area, number seven in New South Wales, Thank you. And, and to sit here and want to share with people. Thank you. I, I think that the, the spirit that I always try and have is that it doesn't matter which banner we're under. It doesn't matter which flag we carry. If we call ourselves human beings, we ought to share. We ought to, I mean, some ideas. Probably today I'll be taking more ideas of you than you be taking from me because after our lunch, after our, you, lunch I <laughs> <laughs> after our lunch, I can now see he's got a lot to share. And thank so you. I think in case I do forget later on, I just want to thank you, all right? Thank you for having me. And look, it's nice when people in our profession are prepared to go out there and be open and honest. And just sitting down with you at lunch gave me an insight into why People who work within your group are also very, very um, talking very, very strongly about you and what you offer. And uh, right. Thomas is a very down to earth guy, and it's been a good hour. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. So let me ask you I looked at your website. 2015 is the beginning of you winning awards. Yeah. But then I learned that you started some 10 years ago. Yeah, it's been almost 10 years. Okay, can you just share with us about your humble beginnings? What happened? Where were you? Yeah, I think I think as we said at lunch, I mean, 10 years ago, it was really two guys yep. who were doing every aspect of the business from property management to selling to listing to all of it. I think we really were good real estate agents and we were great at what we did. Uh, we probably weren't uh, business people. We had to adjust and adapt to what we were doing. Right. And that's probably been the biggest shift for us from 2015, really. The last five years has been... Probably most of our growth, I mean, our business has, has changed significantly from then. And that's down to probably what we'd learned in those first five years and where we, we made errors and, and learned. Okay, now you said we made errors. You said too, we were not good. Tell me. We were too centred on us okay. uh, as being salespeople. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I suppose what that meant for us was that we were individually successful, but uh, in order to, to get to the next level, we had to realise that that wasn't going to be long-term the right solution for our business. And we, we had to recruit a great team. And the, the nervousness around that came from, obviously, 
the uncomfortable factor of growing and you know changing as people um, and yes. dedicating our time to other things yeah. and a level of losing money in order to grow our business was was going to happen um, yes and we had to we had to learn to be great leaders rather than great salespeople. so what's the difference there for you the difference is that we dedicate more time to our business than we do to listing and selling today. And, you know, Richard and I are different characters and that's probably why it works for us. And I talked a little bit about that when we were having lunch. And, yeah, I, I wish I knew what I did know today. A lot of the time salespeople ask me what's the biggest regret I have as an agent, probably not getting an associate agent earlier. Right. Uh, my first associate agent was probably six years ago. Maybe, maybe a little bit over. So only four years into building your own business. So yeah. for four years, you were running it alone. I, I had admin support. Yes, um, I, I get business. it. But, but beside the admin, Completely you were alone. And the prospecting the agent, All of it. the listing agent. Oh, I B see. B biggest thing that I've, I could say to people who are in that position, and I say it to the guys who work for us today, yeah. is that if you want to be successful long term, you need to invest in yourself, and that includes getting the right people around you, creating that right team, that right environment. That's the best way to go forward. Right. So were there any defining moments? I don't know if there's one moment. Uh, I, I feel like um, we learn a lot of stuff along the way. Yes. For me personally, I visited uh, Harris Real Estate in Adelaide in South Australia probably about six years ago, and I had a, a meeting with Tom Panos, who we probably all know, uh, slightly after that, and I said, look, this is where we're at. Where do we need to go? Uh, and both of those experiences, for me, probably cemented what we knew, but we put them into place. And What did Tom say? He's quite vocal. Tom was very clear around us getting a team around us. Yes. Um, and within a couple of weeks of that happening, we did, and our business changed. You know, We started to really go to the next level, and we realised that we couldn't do it all ourselves. And I, I think Richard and I both knew that we were better than where we were, but... We had to take that step. And I think we were comfortable. We were earning decent money and we were having success, but it really wasn't where we wanted to be. And we had to have that realisation. Right. Do, do you think that that came, that was at the moment when you were fed up with, where a lot of business owners, young business owners, yep. they were top salespeople. Yeah. And when they moved to open their own business, they actually carry over the salesperson mentality, which is spend less, Make money. Well, <laughs> that's a hundred percent right, <laughs> and we're all guilty of it, right? Um, it's the biggest trap, though, because yep. you you are you are in that mindset where you're a great salesperson, and you don't want to let go of that. Yes. You don't want to be uh, the agent that loses their identity through yes. that. Um, yes, that's the trap. Um, and if you own a business, you've got to go one way or the other. And can I say for the salespeople that are out there that are working within a brand within an office? You have to have the same mentality because real estate's changed now. You you don't need to have an office in order to progress what you want to do. You need to have a great team around you. And, and that's probably where our mindset shifted. And when we talk to our sales guys now, it's that. Get a team around you, grow, and leverage it to a point where you're enjoying what you're doing. Yep. Um, it's a big lesson. I mean, it, it's great that you say something like this, but now I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Still, last year... You sold 111 properties and you still listed 99 properties. Yeah. Right? So where 
where do you find the time to do all of that and build a team? Because a lot of leaders out there yeah. are going to be listening to this and say, mate, if I'm building a team, there's no way I can put 99 <laughs> listings on the board. I have an incredible business partner who we leverage off each other and we have certain skills that we kind of help each other out. Right, right. Um, but importantly, we have a great team around us. You know, it's, it's not done individually. Any agent that feels that they've sold, you know, 111 properties and it's down to them is kidding themselves. I mean... We have a, an incredible team, and it's a back-end team. Most of them don't have a sales face. Um, they're behind the scenes, from our marketing team to our admin team to associate agents and agents that make it happen. Um, it's that. It's purely a team. Okay. Um, Did you find that over the last few years the marketing team starting to take maybe the front row? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like our business changed significantly probably close to three years ago where Sheridan, who works for us today came on board as a full-time marketing person. And, and look, the shift there for us was that we had to go to the next level. We now have Brittany who works in our marketing team full-time, two full-time right. uh, in our business. That's a big thing. I think for salespeople too, we've gone from being purely salespeople to the fact that we have to market. And if you don't market yourself, we were talking a bit about social media before, that's part of it. Yes. But you need to market yourself, you need to brand yourself because people today are making decisions long before they meet you they're researching who's out there and what they're doing and you need to stay relevant that's the relevant part today that's changed from 10 years ago okay so let's start first from the beginning what is it that makes a richard matthews agent different in your area why should i list with you? <laughs> look i i feel like for us the richard matthews difference really is our team um, the way we operate as a team is a big thing. You know, we have great support around us. Uh, our agents are not out there writing ads and they're not out there doing the admin side of it, which means that they focus on our clients and, and what we need to be doing out in the sales side of it. I think we have each other's back and it's a culture. Um, you know, you and I talked a bit about that and, you know, we're, we're not certainly but perfect at it by any means, but yeah. I feel like we are very conscious. The first thing we look for uh, in someone to join our team is that, need to be fitting into that culture and that team it's the number one thing for our office okay so what is it in the culture because i know the first few words that you came out with was the word culture yeah and immediately that's when i realized hold on now i understand why the organization is so good so what is it in the culture of a person that you look at when they first sit in front of you for the first time i think it's a feeling it's character um you know we feel whether they're going to fit within our our team nobody is above the brand including Richard and I we are as much a part of it as anybody else there um, and I think we respect each other you know right from Trina who's our front of, of house receptionist admin person um, right through to Richard and I and everyone in between we we all have a role to play and if we don't respect that role we can't do what we do I've seen real estate businesses where they've got incredibly successful salespeople if they want to call themselves that, yep. and they feel like they're the reason that the business is success. Well, you can't do that if you don't have the right people around you. And the right team means everybody, you know, um, and that's important to us. Yeah, um, I get it. It's, it's how we treat each other. It's okay. a respect we show each other. And look, a lot of us are, are very close outside of work too, you know. That's a big factor. What do you mean? Do you, do you we socialise. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
Right now we're rebuilding our office, so part of the team is actually working from my home, which is an interesting <laughs> scenario. Uh, hence the reason, Thomas, I was so keen to come and see you early yes. uh, to escape them all. No, but <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to the guys that are there working now. Um, but look, we really do have a close team. And, you yeah. know, look, it doesn't mean like any family. It's like a family, you know. We have disputes, we fight, you know, we have disagreement, but we all have a common goal. And... And look, to be honest, we want to grow as a business. Our goal is to be a whole lot bigger than what we are today. And it's not a monetary thing. It's a, it's a goal to have everybody being able to be involved in that success, however that looks for them. And that's a big factor for us. So I'm going to talk about you for a second now mm. because over lunch I could feel that you, you know what you're doing mm. and you've got your standards, you've got boundaries. What kind of leader are you? If on one side you have a dictator, a despot, on the other side you have a, uh, a doormat kind of a leader or a salesman who's just too nice and, and trying to, uh, to hold on to everyone. Where are you and what, what is it that makes you stand there? I'm an evolving leader. I'm somebody who's learning uh, like everybody. You know, As our business has grown, we've had to change how we are. Um, look, I think we make the tough decisions when we have to. Um, Richard and I are both equally leaders of our business but uh how am i look i want to see people grow that for me is a big thing it doesn't matter what role they have in our business i want them to feel like they can get to the next level and we support that um i'm fair i think but i'm firm when i have to be um because i feel like you know as a leader you need to make decisions sometimes that are not popular i feel like i'm incredibly close to my team but i feel like in return they respect me for that Right. Um, and that seems to work for me. Okay. But w what about these people who say, I don't want to get close to my team because they take advantage of it? Well, you know, that can happen. Um, and you have to realise that that... But that I, I don't feel that from you. Like, you know, it can be close to them. I don't think that they would do that with you. Um, I feel like I, I, we respect each other enough where, you know, we don't have to always agree. And we are going to have disputes. I, I, I liken it to a family. I really think that it's kind of like that. And from my perspective, I feel like as a business owner and as a leader of that team, I've got their back always. They can call me at any time and I'm going to help them uh, personally or professionally. Um, and in return, I know that they've got my back. Um, yeah. That's important for me. Yeah. What, what amazed me about you is you've actually don't have to recruit too much. You seem to be attracting people to you. We like, are today. Right, it wasn't right. the case. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the case. Um, right. But, you know, we are today. I mean, but that's 10 years. I think a lot of people see the very tip of that iceberg, but they don't look under the surface where, you know, f for probably seven or eight of those years, we weren't really able to attract people easily. They might have been attracted to Richard or myself personally, but right. the brand was not there. But then you hold on to them. Right, they're, they're things that you do to hold on to them because we progress them. Right, I see. So when they join you, do they see that progression? Yeah, is that laid out for them? I, are yeah. there KPI for them to really get to the next level, or is it something that you lay out as the headlights or the light beams shows a little bit more of the road with you? Um, I think we we want to develop people. And I think they see that when they sit with us, you know. We've never really recruited a, what you would call a big-name person or a big-name agent. And that's been a conscious decision for us because we wanted to train people in the way we thought was the right way to do business. And we didn't want to have people that weren't part of that culture. I think they can see that Richard and I both want to grow the business and that's the appeal to, to them, I think. 
Why Matthew Richards not? Uh, why Richard Re- Matthews? Yeah, right? why, why not Matthew Richards, <laughs> I meant? Uh, there's no fun story to this. I've told this to a few people and, and I know you don't know. So it's an interesting question. Um, a lot of people ask me in a joking manner and say, oh, why is Richard first and not you? Um, we were in a, uh, a pub in Leichhardt right. and we were sitting down having a beer. This is how it developed. Uh, and we were obviously at that point, you know, going into business. And yes. Richard said to me, you know, what are your thoughts? You make the call. It's, it's Richard Matthews or Matthew Richards. And I said, honestly, Richard Matthews just sounds better. <laughs> it was simply that. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's no excitement around the story. It was really just us, two guys having a beer. Man, I was expecting more <laughs> of a story of humility, mate. <laughs> it, was a very, uh, it was a very casual beer. And, uh, and that's probably how most of our businesses evolved, you know. I mean, I, I think I said to you at lunch that, that, you know, a lot of what we do, we're great mates. Richard and I are great mates. It doesn't mean we don't have disagreements and different views, but... Yep. We're very, very close mates and um, we really just have each other's back and that's all it is. And our business has grown from that. Right. Um, I mean, 10 years now together, that's a great partnership, right? Does it mean that we had to be mates before we start partnerships or can it be the other way around? Can we develop a mateship or, or do we have to develop some kind of mateship in order to have a great leaders a partnership? That's a very good question. I don't know the answer to that other than to say we were mates before we went into business. A lot of people probably cautioned both of us and said, you know, when you go into business with someone, that's a tricky road. Uh, it's like a marriage, really. It doesn't mean that you aren't different people. But I think we had the same goal. The same goal is to be the best we can. Um, we're on the same page. We come sometimes from different angles. Yes. And that's what makes us successful because we are different people. You know, if he was here now, I'm sure that um, that he would have different views on things to me. Um, but between the two of us, it seems to work. And, you know... The best real estate officers I've seen are really just led by people who are genuine, good people. Um, and I don't know that you can learn that other than by failing and, and getting up and trying again. And we've done a lot of that. Right. Now, I notice some kind of hunger in you. And, and yeah. it's an amazing thing that, is that people who build great businesses seem to have that kind of desire, that fuel that just pushes them through challenges and issues. So how do you keep that hunger going after 10 years? Set new goals, you know, um, set different goals. You know, what, what I would have wanted to achieve 10 years ago from today is very different. The goal from our perspective right now um, evolves, you know. And, and look, I don't sit there and look at a number and say I need to get to that number and that's my goal. I look at it and say how can we be better today, every day, you know. How do we be better at what we're doing? And our business evolves regularly. you also got to pivot when things require it. I mean, we talked a little bit, you know, walking down to lunch about COVID and how some real estate officers have gone ahead and others have either gone stagnant or gone back. Um, We made a decision at the beginning of that that we were going to go forward. It didn't matter what we took and we backed our team. We sat our team down. I think three days after that lockdown was announced, we sat down and we said, guys, we've got you. We need you to put in more than you ever have. But in return, we're not going to go and you know, lay people off or, you know, make decisions around agents not working with us anymore. That's that's probably it for us. And, I mean, the hunger now comes from different things. The hunger comes from growing a brand that we're proud of, um, creating a work environment we're proud of. You know, we've just spent a lot of money on our and our office, not because our office is going to attract any more business necessarily, but it's to make our team happy, you know, yeah. and to have an environment where people are proud to come to work and bring their clients and friends in. 
that's the drive for us today. I understand. Yeah. Grow people. <coughs> so you, you said earlier about goals. So, so what is the goal then? The goal probably for us now is to expand our business, but to do it with the people that are there and coming on board. You know, we all want to grow together. I, I think in 10 years' time, we want to look back and say the people that have been with us for a long time are now involved in the business. That's a goal. The goal is to be the absolute best we can be for our clients. Um, the goal is probably to to have a great work environment where everyone wants to turn up every day and enjoy being there. Yeah. Um, they're the goals. It's not about GCI. I hear GCI a lot, and I understand salespeople are driven by that. Yeah. Um, but we're not just a sales office. We're a property management office. We're an office where we've got an admin team. Um, I want everybody there to grow. That's our goal. Okay. Right now. So, so this is time for you to share now. What does it take to be number one? It takes hard work and discipline. Uh, real estate is basic. Often, you know, the things that we need to do are things that we know we need to do, but we don't do them. Um, to be number one, it, it takes having a great team. I believe you can't do it by yourself. It's impossible. Uh, and you can't sustain it even if you do. Um, how many people, how many salespeople have you got? Uh, there's 15, 15 of us selling. Uh, there's wow. 29 people in the in the team. Wow. Which is property management, admin, marketing, sales. Yes. Um, yeah, it's being disciplined. And, you know, you can't teach hunger. You can have good people that are hungry and teach them other things. Yeah. I, I hope that the team, wa- I'm sure the team's going to be listening to this, but and I hope they won't take anything against you. But if you were to pick, and I've said to you, for example, if you could take one component restart somewhere what would it be leadership team culture support marketing what is it Uh, marketing was a big game changer for us but that was driven by the fact that we're in a position by selling and and leasing property to get to that point probably the one thing i would take now would have been to surround ourselves with the right people earlier to have a, a, a team mentality earlier and realize that we had to spend in order to grow and not be afraid of that growth um, letting go a little bit of some of the things that we are, are good at yeah. in order to move forward. Uh, you and I, we just spoke uh, around lunch about the fact that the need for good people is so crucial. Huge. That if you know that someone's doing things behind somebody's other people's back or have the tendency of lying or, or, or being a bad person, yeah. even if they are top performers, they need to be removed from the organization. Yeah, because, I mean, the organization is not one person. Yeah. You know, we, we realize that it's everybody that drives that uh, brand and that, you know, market share in certain areas. And while some people may be more successful than others, we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but if, if you don't have that team mentality and you don't fit within that team and that culture, nothing works. Um, it becomes a very toxic environment. And look, we spend so much time at work. If you don't enjoy where you're at and what you're doing, you don't want to be there. Um, so, yeah, people, you know, are a huge factor. But how hard is it? You've you, you got, on the one hand, a guy who can bring you, let's say, $800,000 a year. Yeah. And on the other hand, you know that he is lying, scheming, and doing all the wrong thing by your culture, and you need to remove him. Most leaders would say, well, you know what, I might turn a blind eye to the misdeeds and focus on the 800,000. Yeah, the, the problem then is that's short-term thinking. And, and, and for our business, you know, we've had those crossroads before where people have been earning substantial income for uh, the business but have been a cancer within the culture. Um, look, it's hard, but you've got to think long-term. And really, a lot of the backbone of real estate businesses, while as salespeople, and I'm in this boat, 
um, think that we, we are the reason for the, every bit of success that comes there. Right. We can't do what we do unless we have the support of those admin people and those marketing people and the property management team who look after our clients that you know are part of the business. So for us, uh, if the person doesn't fit within that, we just don't want them. So, so you ever been in a position where a person didn't fit you but fit Richard? Sure. And yeah. so how do Both you... Both ways. <laughs> okay, so how do you um, deal with that? We recognise as... <laughs> Richard and I are different characters. So, yeah. you know, it's funny, funny you should ask that because, you know, we, we uh, banter about this a fair bit. Um, look, he says there's a team Richard and a team Matthew. <laughs> which is not the case. It's a, funny, it's a funny joke and a bit of a line, but... Yeah, it's natural. Some people are going to get on with me more and some people are going to get on with him more. However, as a business, we are one. So for us, that's a very good question and it's a pertinent one because we're different characters and, you know, I'm going to get on with certain people more than he is and vice versa. We realise that, you know, that's how it's going to be. And while sometimes we banter about it, we are on the same page. Yep. But I'm sure I'll mention this to him when I get in the car shortly and, uh, and say, I was asked a very interesting question. He'll say, oh, Team Matt's prevalent in our office. <laughs> but it, it's, it's ultimately, look, we have different skills. Some people will, will sort of be closer to one or the other. And ultimately, though, it's, we are yep. the same people. Listen, all my life, I, I try to make sure that I live as much a good life as a good working life. Yeah. I truly believe that we're here on this planet to be in uh, full-time living and yeah. part-time work. Yeah. To build a business and to create a business that's taken you 10 years probably of issues, challenges, is there any regret? No, there's no regret. I mean, everything happens for a all reason. Right, all right. Is there, would there be anything that you would do differently? Definitely. I, I would have, I think I said to you before, surrounded myself with a team earlier. Yep. I'd have a better balance, definitely. You know, I think... Balance life, you meant. Yeah, personal life, balance with yep. work. I feel like um, I said this to you at lunch and I, and I say this, you know, openly, that I probably um, work far, far more than I should. And that balance is very tricky when you're growing a business, particularly when you're a small business because something has to give. Uh, for me... Probably what gave firstly was a marriage. Uh, that's one thing that certainly was very tricky because, you know, you're working so much and, and that obviously makes it tricky. But it allowed me probably to realign myself and be a better dad. I think right. I'm that today. Yes. Um, so when I when I have my kids, which is pretty much half the time, you know, I'm very dedicated to them. Um, but when I don't, I work a lot. And I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be more balanced. I've got to say through COVID that that slipped a little bit. You know, travel wasn't there and therefore that was a challenge. But I think success is in a real estate sense and earning an income and growing a business is only part of it. Um, you've got to have personal satisfaction and, you know, things away from real estate. Yeah. It's a big Su- thing. Success is costly, but doing it d- done wrong, success is even more costly, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the truth is we, we grapple with this as business owners every day. Yeah. Um, and I'm by no means the poster the poster boy for uh, how to have that balance. I'm learning myself. Uh, I'm trying to be better at it, but I would urge anyone who's growing a business to remember that, you know, the business is only part of it. If you don't keep yourself fresh and you don't keep yourself energised, you can say I'm working every day and I'm there all the time and you're not effective. So take breaks, you know, make sure that you keep yourself energised. Even if it's a few days, get away. I advocate it for my, for my team all the time. If you're not right, go away for a bit. 
come back and you'll be so much better for it. Right. So one of the questions I like to ask everyone I have on my podcast mm. is, how do you know you're living a good life? Happiness. It's not money. Because you realize as you earn money that money is awesome. You know, we want to drive a nice car and live in a nice yep. home and provide everything we can for our families and so forth. But it's happy if you're happy. But couldn't you be happy right now? I mean, I, I've always told people around me, especially my new recruits, if I got a gun at your head right now and I said, be happy, I'm sure you're going to be happy. Yeah, right, so. happiness is, is not, you know, simple when you run a business because it's, it's a balancing act. You're torn in different directions. Uh, being happy is success. I mean, I think I live a good life. I'm happy and proud of where I'm at, yes. but I'm not content and that's a good and bad thing. Oh, 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 here we go. You're opening kind of worms here, man. I'm not content. <laughs> um, content, <So> is, is <laughs> it, content is an interesting one because yeah. if you allow yourself to be too content, you become complacent. Um, so maybe that's a conscious decision. But you know, I was talking to, to Tom Panos again about this recently, yep. and it's sometimes the abundance mentality from a business perspective is so important because, you know, if you're a salesperson, you get four listings, you think that's awesome, and you rest in that. Yeah, but you shouldn't because the four will turn into zero soon, and then you'll be scrapping again. It's that roller coaster. In a personal sense, you've got to try and be a bit more content sometimes. And look, you've got to look back and be proud of what you've done. You know, there's an element but of that. What is what is really the difference then? I mean, has Tom told you what is his definition of content? Um, why, I don't why can you be content with what you have and then want more? It's, uh, because if you want more, you can't be content. I think you've got to have a balance. There's got to be a balance. You know, we talked about this at lunch as well, about the yep. whole, um, you know, other things that happen in life. And they give you perspective. That's probably a big factor. Right. That's probably a big factor. I don't know the answer to that. I'm learning. I, I, I still find you a very humble man. You're a very humble man. <laughs> I, I think from having a short discussion with you and... For someone your age, and we won't tell anyone your age. 21, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said we won't tell anyone. That's a little bit. So your humility is amazing, and Thank I think you. it is a huge trait of a leader. I think that uh, in terms of leadership, if you can't show humility mm. at first, I don't think you'd be a, a leader. But also your generosity, your ability to just be open and then share is another big trait of yours in terms of your leadership. You know, and generosity doesn't have to be like giving things to people. Even sitting here, giving your time, and sharing your opinions and, and thoughts and ideas, that, that is an amazing act of generosity where a lot of people could be saying, no, 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 I know what I know and I know what I do and I'm not going to share it because, and it's a lack mentality, isn't it? I think I learned that because early in my career, there wasn't a mental mentality in real estate, you know, 20, 20, 21 years ago. Right. You kind of, you know, you survived on your own. You know, maybe John McGrath was the one who pioneered a lot of this, to be fair to him, in the sense that, you know, he used to give so much information. I think people back then used to think, why are you giving away your secrets? It's not that. It's everyone should help everybody else. And, you know, I've been fortunate to reach out to people who are incredibly successful business owners, real estate agents, whatever they are, and you'd be amazed how many people are willing to give their time. I pointed to the Tom Panos part of it. You know, he's been very influential in for myself and for our business. People like Phil Harris, Alex Owens, very successful business owners. They own the two biggest real estate offices in Adelaide. Yes. I reached out to them and they were incredibly willing to give, you yes. know. Um, 
there's a range of people, you know. And in return, if someone comes to me, I feel obligated that I should, not because I have to, but because I feel like people have helped me. Yeah. Why, why, why keep it a secret? I mean, we're all human beings who are trying to get better, you know. And, and, and look, you know, you're probably not going to go out there and train your direct competitor who you're up against every day. But the reality is that the information we have is pretty common. Um, and people are willing to help. Like I asked you a heap of questions at lunch and you were just very open and direct about it. That makes success. Right. right. You know, humility is important because we're always learning. Like I, sitting down with people for me now is intriguing as it was 21 years ago when I walked in as a 17, almost 18-year-old. That gave away my age, didn't <laughs> um, And knew nothing. Yeah. But, you know, people are willing to help. Yeah. That's how you learn. I'm going to put you in a bit of a spot right now, mm. right? In, in, in the short interview here, I've seen you looked at your phone three times. So is the phone still something that is running <laughs> Matthew? The phone is a big problem for Matthew because, right. uh, you know, while we, we run a, a business with a whole heap of people, it's, yep. um, you're always worried about what's going on and you always want to give great service. So, you know, I think, um, yeah, we're a slave to it a little bit. Yes. All the successful people are. Are they? I think so. Oh. Agent-wise. Right. Business right. owners, maybe not. You're a business owner, no? Yeah, but I still list and sell. Yeah, so, so there's I, an element I, I of that. Not as I much know. as before, I but... I know. 100, 100 listings or 99 listings you have mm. to. So I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you know, is it because you worry about what your team's doing and you need to be there and assist them all the time? I think it's, it's me worried about making sure that if they need me that I'm there to help them. Right. I think that makes a good team, but, yeah, I should just... No, he, no he, he's, he's a good thing about that, is that that is the opposite of what a lot of leaders do. They have a team and they don't care. They Their team will run the day, they do whatever they have to do, and yeah. as a leader, they only want to know what's the result at the end of the day. And I know wh while we were having lunch, you did have a look at your phone yeah. as well, and I'm, I was thinking, hold on, I, I think he's interested in his business. There are things Very. that are happening that he needs to be to keep the finger on the pulse. Well, I feel like I need to be there for them, you know. They they work as part of our team, and if they need me for something, I should be there. I think that's that makes a good leader. You know, ultimately, you're in the trenches together. You're there working together. That's all it is. I mean, sometimes people get a little bit self-important, and they feel like I'm better than taking that call. Without that call, you don't have a business. You don't have a team. You know, as salespeople, you know, we'll have a day where we get 50 calls, 50 inquiries, and it frustrates you sometimes and you get upset by it. But I always think to those times where the markets are hard, and I've worked through these times where it's very scarce, and the opposite of having nobody call you and no ability to do business is a lot worse. So, you know, I think there's an element of, of just learning over the years to respect the fact that if people want you, it's a good thing. Yeah. Listen, in the very short amount of time that I've known you, I have no doubt you've got a seat of great leadership. And Thank you. I sit in front of a, quite a lot number of leaders. and you Do a lot. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes some of these leaders like to tell me about their leadership. It was tough for me to get uh, questions of leadership out of you because you, you, you're just too humble. I'm just a normal person who's learning. <laughs> Here you go else. again. <laughs> but, I, I, but I know I you have to be a that. great leader to attract people that even some of our leaders have lost to your organization. And also to have someone like Jane, which whom I remember back in yeah. the days, and to have someone like that work around you. She's very picky. She yeah, wouldn't want to work grateful. around 
someone she didn't like. I'm very grateful for, for people like her. And look, she does a lot of the stuff that I'm not great at. And part of recognising that is being a good leader. Yes. You know, we're not great at everything. No. I mean, if you think you are, you're failing. She does the stuff that I'm not great at. Um, and I probably do things that she's not great at. But she's a very important part of our business. Make sure you say hello to her for me. I will. And in return, she said to say hello to you. Oh, she remembers uh, some 20 odd years ago, probably yes. more. Now you're telling them my age. Well, you did say to me, Thomas, that you're in your so, somewhere in my thirties. I think you said, uh, and we won't give away Jane's age because that could get me in a huge amount of trouble this afternoon. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Listen, do you know, I think life is a journey, and you get to yeah. meet a lot of nice people. Mate, you're, you're one of them. Thank you. And uh, I, I really you. thank you so much for taking the time to come here and, and, and share ideas. I was excited. I, I uh, It's nice to be invited to do this sort of stuff. And um, I know Monica, who works for you, obviously, I know. Yes. Um, and it, it was kind of her to reach out. And look, it's, it's nice to be invited. It's nice to have that recognition. And, you know, I would have thought 10 years ago when we opened our business, nobody would have invited us to do these things. So... I think it's a privilege. It's an Now honor. the worms like me, we just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've been successful for a long period of time. I, I want to learn off, off people like you who have done it for so many years. Uh, and I appreciate so the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you. And all the best. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it, Thomas. Awesome. Matthew Everingham, thank you.